All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for everything you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. All right, Martha, it's good to have you back. Good to be back, Frank. It's good to be back as a team. Yes. Well, you you know, we, we have talked about the diaspora. We've talked about genealogy. We've talked about family history. Mm-hmm. That has been basically included in every episode we've done. It had something to do with family. It had something to do with reconnecting. Mm-hmm. And during a lot of our episodes, you have always mentioned reinventing. Yep. We get a chance to reinvent. Mm-hmm. So this evening... I would like for us to talk about some form of reinventing. Uh, let's talk about a diaspora, a diaspora. Right. Not as we normally speak of it, coming out of Africa and dispersing throughout the world. Mm-hmm. But let's look at the diaspora coming from within your family mm-hmm. and dispersing out into the world. Right. So that's a great topic. Yeah. So, so can we move in this direction? Sure. Okay. I think it's a great direction. So let me open up with just what my my thoughts are. And then I will turn it over to you for you Uh to expound on it. Okay. You know, because, you know, I spend a lot of my time uh, reflecting on life and events. As the, as the youngest child in my family, I watched my siblings grow up and leave home without understanding their journeys, loneliness, until I did the same. Like so many of my relatives, my cousins, my aunts, uncles, I left with my wife, Gloria, to build a life away from my family and and friends that we knew. We had children who had to learn about their relatives from a distance with frequent visits home, to make sure our children knew their relatives. I am bringing this up because my family research has led me to meet relatives like yourself mm-hmm. who were separated due to parents venturing out for better opportunities. Right. You know, I remember some of those who left returning home to visit with new cars and great stories to share. They painted images of their new way of life with happiness. So did you do, did you or do you ever reflect on this type of experience as a result of your parents relocating? Yes, I have. But Frank, it's interesting how you phrased it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thinking about the diaspora, you know, I, I thought about it a little bit, and of course, we all talked about the initial diaspora, mm-hmm. which is purely involuntary, and I call it the major diaspora. Okay. But you made me think about there are diasporas in small scale that happened all over mm-hmm. in every family, including mine. Like your family, uh, a little bit different because South Carolina was a terrible place to be mm-hmm. in the 20s. You know, Jim Crow was at its peak. And that's the time that my mother chose to leave Hmm. and leave her 
children with my grandmother so she could come north and find work and make a way. And as I was an older person taking care of my mother, we got a chance to sit down and talk about a lot of her memories of that time. And I, one of the things that impressed me is at a young woman at 28 years old to leave your home and to go to a strange place, New York, had to be terrifying in a way. Hmm. But she did it. She, she, I said, how did you get here? And she said, I got in a car and it was three or four people and we drove to New York. And I thought about how they changed my life because my world is completely different as a city kid than it would have been if I had stayed or she had remained in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. She also was able to bring my grandmother and her sister and my aunt, her sister, my mother's sister, also migrated to New York as a result of it. So all of us were affected by that diaspora, which I call the minor one, the mm -hmm. smaller one. Mm -hmm that diaspora to New York. But it also resulted in a breaking of ties because being poor, we couldn't always return home. My mother couldn't return home the way she liked, but she kept in touch with her family South through letters and she would always send that box of goodies. You know, I remember her packing up a box. Sometimes it was clothes Sometimes it was canned goods, and she was shipped it south hmm. to help her family in the south. And as I got to be older, and like you doing the genealogy, I was able to reconnect with those family members and have them tell me how grateful they were that my mother sent those things. One of the cousins said that my mother sent her a pair of snow boots. And hmm. she says, you know, I still have them. Hmm. She said, because my feet were not warm until your mother sent me those boots. Hmm. So, you know, we forget about things and we take it for granted that family moves away and we lose connection and we lose the distance separates us. But in reality, it's only because we haven't had the chance to really reach out to one another to reconnect those threads. You know, we had stories of people that would come to visit us who were also from the same town and places that my mother grew up. Right. And they knew my mother well. And they would sit around and they would talk. And of course, you know, little kids weren't allowed to talk mm -hmm. or be a part of that discussion. Because this was for grown-up people's ears. Right. You know, but I was the sneaky one. I sat around and by the door and played and listened. So I got to know the different names of different people and who was who and how they were connected to me. Mm -hmm. So in a way, the diaspora, each family has, I think in some ways, had a diaspora. Sometimes the diaspora isn't to a distant place and a distant state. Sometimes the di diaspora can be to the next town. You're right. You're great. I mean, uh, you, you're right. The very next town. And it can remain in the same town. That's right. 
Sometimes the diaspora is across the railroad track on the other side of town. You're, you're right. And that's the reason why you can have relatives in your city and not know that they are your relatives. At some point, someone moved away. And the amount of communication going back and forth from that person back to the roots, to the home roots, broke off. And, you know, I look at everything based on a forest. Mm -hmm. In that forest, you think about the years and years of those roots staying together. And the trees grow larger. But if you break off a branch and move that branch and put it in a pot, you're going to limit its growth. The roots are not going to be as thick. They're not going to be as strong. You have to take better care of it. Right. You're reinventing a branch of that tree. Mm-hmm. You're reinventing that tree. You're reinventing that tree. Now, you can go through the forest. You can identify, if you know the name of different trees, you can identify those trees and, and see the whole family of those trees. But if you deal with that tree that's in the pot, it may not resemble those trees. It would take a professional to say, based on those features, that's an oak tree. Well, even if you can identify it, you know for a fact that once you put that tree or you start that tree in that pot, it's never going to grow as big and tall. Nope. It's never going to have the same uh, thickness or foliage that the original trees would have if it stayed in the forest. You're not going to have that connection. That's right. And I tell you what led me, what led me to this whole thing, Martha, Mm -hmm. I was doing research the other day and and I came across school school year pictures of some of my relatives and it, it dawned on me that those young people had to grow up away from home yep they were not around family right they had to really develop friends with other children in the community. They had to reinvent themselves. They had to reinvent themselves. By that time, their parents had gotten to the point where they weren't driving back to the South. Mm -hmm. Times had changed. When they left and they went to Detroit, when they went to Chicago, when they went to those automotive uh, manufacturing companies, Mm -hmm. they were buying new cars. They had the means to travel back to the South. But like we've said before, with every bit of success, there comes reconstruction. That's right. And with those families that left and where they had succeeded and they were doing so many great things, discrimination, racism reached them as well and started closing down shops, started causing them to separate themselves. They weren't living as good as they were when they first relocated. That's why, Frank, I think the old people used to say the grass always looked greener on the other side for that reason. Mm -hmm. Because you always thought because someone left 
their town and went someplace and they were working, mm-hmm. that they were better off. Mm-hmm. That is not always the case. Right. They suffered a different type of racism. Right. You know, growing up, I was keenly aware that the racism of the North was subtle. Right. It's not overt the way it is in the South. Sometimes you do find it overt, but most times people hide it. Mm-hmm. And so you're not always sure that you're facing racism until they do something or they act in a manner that lets you know, yeah, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. In fact, in college, I was called New York up south. Hmm. All my friends did because we were very keenly aware that there was a segment of the North that regardless to where you lived and whatever you made or how you thought you achieved, there were certain doors that were still closed to you. Personally, I can tell you stories of witnessing discrimination Hmm. or being a part of discrimination, a very subtle type of discrimination where you just don't gain entry. Right. You know, nobody tells you go around to the back. They just don't let you in. Hmm. That's a difference. They say the restaurant is full. They don't say we don't want y'all here. We want you to go around that and pick up whatever. Mm -hmm. They just simply tell you the restaurant is full. And then you watch somebody else walk in and get a table. Right. So you're right. We can reinvent ourselves. We're like those plants that you pot in a, you put in a pot. We are not in our comfortable native soil. And so our growth is sometimes just as stunted as that plant. Yeah, and and then we go back to what we were talking about before with the gap generation. Okay. So really, there is a gap generation. Yes. Because as you move away and you begin to develop your own family away from your home record, all of a sudden, the descendants of both sides, from the South and from the North, East, West, wherever, you relocated to, they began to say, I don't know those people. I don't need to go down there. Mm-hmm. I don't know those people. And as they get older, they won't know those people. And that's so right. their children won't know those people. And that's where you and I are right now. We know that we're cousins. Right. We know right. that we're cousins. And we are fighting trying to find out who is the connector. That's right. Where's the connection? Where's the connection? We're, the DNA we're, has already proved that we're cousins. We're cousins. We just haven't put the common name or the common ancestor right. together right. to say this is the person that connects our two families. Right. Because of that diaspora that separated right. us. You know, and when you think about it, Frank, any time in the past when the owners move their people from one state to another, that's another diaspora. Mm -hmm. You know, when people were in Virginia and ended up in North or South Carolina, diaspora won. Mm -hmm. Then they were taken from South Carolina to Georgia, Atlanta, uh, to Alabama, Mississippi, Mm -hmm. sometimes even as far as Texas and Florida. Another diaspora. Another. And then we turn around and we have the Great Migration, which is the diaspora going in the opposite direction. Right. 
So, you know, maybe the truth is that we've always had a gap generation. Mm -hmm. It's just that we weren't aware of what to call it. Because when those people went to another place and didn't feel the connection, there's the gap. Mm-hmm. So we've always had gap generations. Right. It, it always developed because mm-hmm. you finally reached the point where you do not have to communicate. It's no different when people are saying to you now, we need to move forward. You need to stop speaking of the past. See, once you're doing that, you're creating a gap generation because you haven't, you don't even know your past. That's right. See, you haven't taken the time out to assess things to know your past. If you, right. if everyone knew the name of a family member that falls within each timeline of our history, you can move forward and won't yes. have to. But you say and the Constitution every day. Every day we hear the word Constitution, whether it's coming from the Supreme Court, whether having to do with somebody's trial, we hear the words Constitution every day on the news. Mm-hmm. And those are past laws. They're past laws that are affecting people. So we're you know, always we're always reaching back at the past. It's just all of a sudden when you start talking about something that is a sore spot which is just the history of Africans in America, that is the sore spot. So you say, can you move forward and and even convince us to say, let's stop talking about the past. We will say it. You know, it makes me think too that, you know, we, we, we are people of faith. And we go to that Bible and we memorize lineages of people that have nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. We can tell who begat who, Mm -hmm. but we don't know who begat who in our own lives. Right. Other than our parents and maybe our grandparents. And maybe your parents. And maybe our grandparents. We Mm -hmm. can't, and that's only one set of grandparents, Mm -hmm. not necessarily both grandparents. Right can't tell who begot who. Right. And maybe we need to get to that point where we know the begots. That's right. Because that's the start of knowing your roots. That's the start of correcting the break and mending. I always thought of my family as not a tree, but a tapestry. And I thought of it that way because a tapestry is woven from many types of thread. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the threads break and the tapestry has a hole. But somebody to come along, if they're really good at it, they can mend that tapestry and you never know where the break occurred. I was wanting to be the mender of the broken pieces. Mm -hmm. And that's what led me to search out my Southern relatives. And I'm thankful that I did. And they're thankful because I've told them more of their history than they knew. Right. You know, it, it's good when somebody can educate you and help you restore your history. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do here. 
That's what our discussions are about. It's about restoring history. That's right. It's about repairing history. And defining history. And defining it and making sure that you understand that the history that you think you know is not the true history. Right. Because during our episodes, we have defined history. We have come up with yeah. words and, and things to define history. Yes. And and we are now applying the diaspora to the, our migration. Right. We are applying that to relocations. Yes. And reinvention. And reinvention. I've never heard anyone talk about the diaspora from this end and now dispersing from within the family. Nope. I don't think so. But it applies. And it does apply. And it's, it's a valuable understanding mm-hmm. because it kind of explains why there's a broken piece. Right. If you don't know why there's a broken piece, you don't necessarily care whether it gets fixed. But sometimes if you know the broken piece is there and you know the reason how it got broke, you want to repair it. That's the way I look at it. Well, I I think that we've opened up the doors to something. Yep, Uh, again. Again. I think that this is something that needs to be thought about, that needs to be shared, that needs to be a lot of conversation about it because those of us who are working on our family history, those of us who are discovering new family members, we're not only, at at one point I was only looking at it as getting back at slavery Mm -hmm. and saying I'm bringing people back together who dispersed. Right. Right. But now we're actually working on the diaspora from families that once knew each other here in the States. Mm -hmm. And they decided to move. And they built their families somewhere else. And those children finally reached a point where they said, I don't want to know those people. I don't know them. Right. And just that comment, that statement alone, it happens so many times. And that creates the gap. That is the gap. That is the gap. That is the gap. And, you know, you brought up something that's important, and I'll do it quickly. Okay. Reconstruction. You always say that reconstruction always followed. And I always think about reconstruction as the deconstruction of our families. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Slavery deconstructed it. Reconstruction deconstructed it further. Right. So we have to get past that deconstruction back to constructing. Right. It's powerful what we're doing. Martha, I, I appreciate you joining me in this conversation because it's something that I had heavy on my mind, but you have also stated, you know, Frank, let's talk more about genealogy. And you mm-hmm. have and you have pushed this topic. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we finally, you know, got to this point. We've been touching on it, but I think yeah. this time we've kind of dug a deep hole. 
Well, we dug at least up. We opened up a pit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's a good thing because yeah. sometimes then we can plant a seed. Yeah. If you never dig a hole, you can't plant a seed. So we're planting the seed. So we're planting the seeds. So I'll close it out for us, Martha. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to us. And Frank, honestly, I'd like to thank you a whole lot for inviting me. And I think we make a great team because we're opening up the doors and challenges to things that people have not thought about. Hmm. On that note, we're going to say to you that we love you. We love you. We appreciate you. Yep. And we're always going to tell you, stay with us and be good. And be good.